We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indiana, home of Pacers basketball. Miller for three, and he got it. Legends have been born. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits again. Memories have been made. Caliburn, a deep three for the lead. And baby! Great basketball has been played. Nembhard away. Hits the three and the Wazzaro In 49 states. It's just basketball. Flips it to the big fella, fake shoots, and But this, this is Indiana. And you're listening to Setting the Pace. Let's go! Your go-to Pacers podcast. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. We got paces hooping. Let's talk stats. Hot takes. All fast. New topics. Updates. Three pointers. Fast breaks. We keep scoring. We don't need to stop. New episodes. Weekly drops. This your number one podcast. Hooping every team. We gon' need a mop. Setting like pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Happy Tuesday, Pacer Nation. Welcome back to another episode here of your go-to Pacers podcast, Setting the Pace. I'm Alex Gold. I'm joined today by Michael J. Fachi and Fachi. We've got ourselves some trade targets to look at. That we do. You know, in the past, it felt like your trade season might have started a little bit earlier, but I think that's kind of what happens when your team's underperforming. That is not the case this year with this Pacers team. They already made a big trade. They have an opportunity to make another move. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But I think at this point, they don't need to be sellers, which is great. They would officially be buyers, and that mm-hmm. is just a situation the Pacers have not been in in uh, a little bit. Absolutely, Pachi. And so we are going to do things a little bit differently. So we each picked five players to look at for trade targets. However, I told Fachi to pick his five and then send me what he had, and I would pick five after that. That way there was none overlapping, and so it would be a little bit more fun to kind of maybe do more of an in-depth uh, 10-person trade target list but where we both didn't have to do 10 players because that gets kind of chaotic. So we both got five each, and they are five different players, so it'll be interesting to see what we can come up with here. But, Fachi, I'm curious. At number five for you, who do you have? At number five, it's Royce O'Neal. 
Now, mm. Royce is a, is a real solid defender in this league. He's been a better three-point shooter in the past. This year, a little bit of a down year from three-point land, but uh, he's shooting about 36% for the previous two years. Actually, the previous three, he was right around 39%. So, good three and D guy. Um, he is an expiring contract, and ironically, the Pacers were named that I saw that was uh, rumored to potentially be involved as Brooklyn wants to be sellers. So, there is, uh, you know, Royce O'Neal making about, you know, roughly it's about 8 to $9 million. So it is uh, very possible for the Pacers to be able to acquire him. But that's, that's who I got at my number five. What's your thoughts yeah, I like, on Royce? I like Royce O'Neal. I think that's a good player to look at. I think, you know, we're, we're basically looking at, we've already made the big trade this year. So yeah. now we're looking more at role player type guys mm-hmm. that could help us out. Royce O'Neal is a guy that definitely could. Uh, how old is Royce O'Neal at this moment? Royce O'Neal is, I got it pulled up right in front of me. He's 30 years old. Some might actually think that he's older, but at, at 30, hey, I think that's uh I think that's a good age for this group. Mm. Yeah, and I, I have no problem with going after guys that are a little bit older, anyways, considering who the Pacers might be giving up in these trades. We don't know exactly, but I think Royce O'Neal is the type of player that does kind of make sense because you do want to get better defensively, a good shooter. Makes a lot of sense. So I like that for your number five. For me, at number five, I'm going a little bit different here. I'm going at a guy that just signed a new contract with this team. He's 25 years Ooh. old. He is a power forward, making $12 million a year this year, 13 the next, 13.6 the year after that, and 14.2 the year after that. That's Grant Williams. Now, Grant Williams has not mm-hmm. been very good for the Dallas no. Mavericks. But no, we've seen that. Grant Williams have some good moments in Boston. And I think one of the things you know about Grant Williams is he is a good defender, and he does give you some size on the on the on the on the front court. I guess you could say in the front court, um, just being able to kind of go out there. Like he did a good job guarding Giannis when the Celtics played the Bucks in the playoffs last year and the year before that, just giving you some size and stuff like that. So there's a reason why Dallas did target him. Dallas is obviously stuck for money a little bit, so they had to do a sign and trade with Boston, but it's not been good. One of my good buddies is a Dallas Mavericks fan. He actually even pitched an idea of a trade idea to me for Grant Williams. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I like that. But one thing I do like is he's under contract for four years at $12 million. And it kind of goes up to like the last year it's 14.2, but it's not that much. And I think you kind of need contracts like this to trade moving forward. So you're not stuck with throwing together like, oh, we got to not saying we would trade these two guys, but it's just saying like the salary of like a Jairus Walker and a Ben Matherin to equal like $15 million to get a player you want. So if you have a bigger contract like this, it does make sense. But I, I like Grant Williams. I think he could be a lot different than a player like an Obi Toppin, but I think that maybe come playoff time, Rick Carlisle might be able to trust him a little bit more just because of his defensive upside. I definitely like Grant Williams. I think that he's, a player that fits on a lot of teams and to your point of like a contract that that could be tradable is like, yeah, the Pacers are in a tough spot. You either have, you know, your max guys that, you know, assuming you resign Pascal Siakam or then there's the young guys that really are, are not making more than, you know, say seven, $8 million. So it, it's a, it's a very interesting spot to be in, but for Grant Williams, I think that he could be a player that might be able to be had and we'll see what happens. But I also think the Pacers need the qualities that he brings. He's a good defender. He's a good three-point shooter. I think that, yeah, while he's not having um, a real good year, I think that he could play better basketball than what he's playing right now. But being under contract is the big difference because I think that's a very reasonable contract for the Pacers to have on the books for the next few years. So, hey, I like it. He's not playing, yeah. he's not playing great in Dallas, so that's the thing. And I think yeah. Dallas 
fans have kind of been a little bit underwhelmed with, underwhelmed with him. So it wouldn't shock me if he is somebody that could be moved, you know, only eight and a half points a game to, uh, excuse me, 3.6 rebounds. So he's not been a great rebounder this year, shooting the basketball. Okay. I mean, 38% from three is pretty good. 50% from two, not bad. So could be a little bit better efficiency wise, but I still think that the numbers, if you look at them overall, like not bad numbers, just maybe they were hoping a little bit more could have been had out of Grant Williams when they made that big signing for him. Cause that was one of their bigger ones that they got. Mm-hmm. I just, I think he could be had. I, I think so. And I think that when Dallas is really looking to, uh, you know, make win a championship. We're not going to say that Grant Williams is off the table by any means. You got Luca, you got Kyrie. Other than that, it feels like anyone else could be had for the right price. But for my next guy, this is a guy that very much will be had. I, I can't see a scenario where, where he's not moved uh, by the trade deadline, and that's Alec Burks. Alec Burks, a real solid three and D piece that fits pretty much any team in this league. He's an expiring contract. He's averaged about 40% from three over the last five seasons. Detroit has to move him. They are in, I mean, they are in a scenario where it's like, you can't just let a guy like Alec Burks go when other teams want him. So uh, if the Pacers want to get a deal done, they can. Alec Burks is right around, it's about $10 million. Um, The Pacers have multiple second round picks. I mean, obviously, you know, we're not crafting out specific trades, but Sadly, a guy like T.J. McConnell is the guy that fits the, uh, the the mold the most in terms of salary, unless you want to get a little bit crafty. But Alec Burke's good defender that I think that uh, he will be traded for. Will it be Indiana? Probably not. But that's a guy that I think would make the Pacers a better team. I like how you set that up. We're like, probably not. So yeah, like, I just mean, killed everything know, in terms of like I, getting excited about Alec Burks. If you, I, Hey, look, I get him. it. And there is stuff to be excited about. Look, the Knicks traded him a couple of years ago. They might trade for him again. There's other teams that, that, that are interested in Alec Burks. But when you look at this and it's like TJ McConnell does so much well, Alec Burks is a good defender and a light years, better three point shooter. Now there are things that, that McConnell does. That's better. That is very useful for the Pacers, but Man, this Pacers team, they need more defense, three-point shooting. Sometimes they love to get threes up. Well, you got to be able to hit threes. You can't just get them up. So Alec Burks is a player that that did intrigue me that will be moved at the deadline. To be fair, you could trade Obi Top and trade up for Alec Burks. It works salary-wise? It does work salary-wise. There is a little bit of money difference, but because of the way that, you know, it's kind of similar to how we got Pascal Siakam only giving out $30 million Yeah. In, you know, there was 37 because we did acquire Kyra Lewis. It's, you have to aggregate so much salary, but because we're under the tax, I think that's how it allows us to aggregate more money in that regard. So that would work for a trade for the Pacers, Obi Toppin for Alec Burks straight up. So you would not have to give up TJ McConnell. And, and in this scenario, you can't tell me that Detroit is not doing that deal. I feel like for the opportunity for them to have Obi Toppin, bring him in there, still a, a guy that is, that is young, still on his first contract. Yes, he is entering restricted free agency, but I think that would be appealing for Detroit. The only problem for me is while I thought to myself, like, okay, hey, if they get rid of McConnell, at least it's not so much of a log jam at the guard spot. So mm-hmm. that was part of the reason why I was like, hmm. But – at the same point, look, you know, uh, it, it's nice to know that, that that salary, that situation could work. But Alec Burks, just a, just a good old-fashioned role player. He's going to give you some really good defense. He's going to be a really good three-point shooter. And uh, there will be a team that makes a move for him that is very happy about it. Absolutely, Butch. So I'm going to move over now to my 
number four on my team, or excuse me, on my list. And I've got Luke Kennard from the Memphis Grizzlies. Luke Kennard is 29 years old. He's making $14.7 million this year and then $14.7 million next year. So he would be an expiring contract for next year, but it would be a little bit cheaper than what Buddy Hilde is probably looking for with his contract. And he's a really good shooter. Now, the problem is he'll only played 21 games this year. So the injury concerns, I definitely understand him. But he did not play in the game against the Pacers on Sunday because of an injury. But overall, I think he's been a pretty good player. 43% from three this year, Pachi. So that's pretty good numbers on six attempts. He's a guy that I think could really spread the floor out. Doesn't need to start. Could start if you needed him to. But I think he could be a nice piece off the bench. And if you're worried about losing Buddy Hill for nothing. Would the Memphis Grizzlies be interested in making a trade like this to save some money on their salary? Because they've got a lot of money coming out of the books and they're going to be a tax paying team and they're a small market and they're kind of in a rebuild mode a little bit with all the injuries they've had this year. They're definitely just kind of like kicking it to the curb, but you know, Marcus Smart's making good money. You've got Jaron Jackson Jr. John Morant's on the max. You got Desmond Bain is going to be on the max. You know, it's just, there's a lot of different contracts here for this team. And I feel like Luke Kennard could be one that could be had and would make some sense if the Pacers want to keep a shooter, but maybe push that asset down the line into next season. So the only reason why Luke Kennard didn't make my list is because next year is a team option. So in that scenario, if they really don't want to, they could just not pick up that option they have until June of this year to guarantee that contract. So in that scenario... They could walk away. So when I thought to myself, what would Memphis want? If we give them Buddy Heald, it's just like a swap like that. Both players are, are expiring. You know, I guess maybe if they want to get ahead and, and sign Buddy, but they still have complications. And I just couldn't find out what they would really be interested in, knowing that they could just cut them if it really gets to that point. But uh, I, I, had dead, I did definitely heavily debate Luke Kennard because that man has, has been and is a three-point sniper in this league. Yeah, I mean, and if the Pacers had to give up a few second-round picks with Buddy to get Luke Kennard, or maybe they take back another salary in this deal, like a two-for-one, something like that, to just kind of make things a little bit cleaner for Memphis, I could see why Memphis would do that, because obviously Buddy Hill making around $19 million compared to fourteen point seven for Luke Kennard. That's going to be a lot of money into their cap for this year, so they probably would have to include somebody else. So you just you never know who that could be, but I just think it makes some sense, or the Pacers don't even have to include Buddy Hill technically in this trade. They could go another route if they wanted to put some other salaries together. But I just think Luke Kennard makes a lot of sense, especially moving forward um, if you do have that club option because that's a very tradable contract as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, it is. It is. And I, I just think that, you know, the Pacers, you know, we've talked about before, they, they do need some contracts that you could trade. Yeah. And I think that that is a good expiring contract that could net you, you know, some sort of player. I mean, who who knows who will be available next year. But if you do move on from Buddy, that Luke Kennard's three-point shooting would be very helpful to have mm-hmm. because the Pacers don't have a lot of snipers outside of that. I mean, Hal Burton's a good three-point shooter. Turner is a, is a good three point shooter, but you after that there there is a solid drop off of guys that might statistically shoot the three ball well, but could you really count on them? Like guys mm-hmm. like you know like an Obi Toppin or or you know a, a Jalen Smith. It just like Aaron Neesmith is a really good three point shooter, but Luke Kennard just feels like a high volume type of three point shooter. Mm-hmm. I agree, Fachi. He is, but I just. I like him. I think he's a good player, and we'll see if he has moved. I think there's another. There's other teams that could trade for him as well. So oh, yeah, definitely. That's what makes him such an appealing contract. They also got Stephen Adams' contract and Brandon mm-hmm. Clark. Like they've got a lot of different options they could go with they what they want to do. So they they got to sell. This is a disaster of a year for Memphis, and if they're really serious about you know tooling up and and making a run, I do feel like some of these players could be moved. You know, for for assets for picks that eventually could be traded down the line. So that'll be interesting. Now, next mm. on my list, I ain't backing down. All right, this is Kyle Anderson. Okay, <laughs> he is a good player, and I'm not going to be bullied over this. All right, Kyle Anderson ranks fifth in the NBA defensive plus minus ranking. He is a good. Player. I know the Timberwolves, that stat can be skewed because Timberwolves have a really good defense. But he can play the three. He can play the four. He, he's he's versatile. And I, I just feel like he does a lot well. He's an expiring contract, so it's not like the Pacers are taking on extra money. I think the big argument could be why would Memphis, I mean, why would Minnesota want to trade him? Yeah, I don't know. I, that, 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 I mean, that's that's a great point. So we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens there. But if the Pacers want to, you know, make it a little bit interesting for them. I, I think that Kyle Anderson could could be had. We're not gonna you're not gonna give up too much, but at the same point, he's a good player. And I think that he would make the Pacers better. When you just said uh, I don't know you sound like Cosmo Kramer from Seinfeld Fachi. I mean <laughs> I I love me some Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, I mean Kyle Anderson, I mean it was really funny because you asked me before we did this exercise, you said, so what type of players are we looking at for trade targets? I and I said to know. I said Kyle Anderson type of players, and you said I'm an expert at that. <laughs> yep, that's my. So we specialty. had a little fun with that. So I mean, obviously Kyle Anderson slow mo. He's done a really good job for Minnesota and just in that perfect role. I mean, he would make sense here for sure. I think that I would be interested to see how he would fit in with this team. You know, good player. I think he's always going to have a role in the league just because he does a lot of yeah. good things well. Like he's a former Memphis guy, San Antonio. So like you know, like the teams that he was on had success. So it makes you feel like, okay, if he comes here, he's been in these moments where they've had some good playoff runs, that kind of thing. So yeah. And, and what he was doing with Minnesota, 
very good role for him. So now, for me, this may be a little bit more of a sexy name, Fachi. At number three, probably one of the sexier names that we'll, that we'll talk about, but um, an Atlanta Hawk that you do not have, that I have, mm. and I brought him up before. Yep. Right. And I know you I know brought him up going. before when we've had these conversations. But he spent his first five years playing in Serbia and Turkey. He didn't come to the NBA until he was 25 years old in 2017-18 for the Sacramento Kings, and then he got traded or left and went to the Hawks. That was kind of a weird, I think, signing there that happened with those two. It, yeah, it was. Because he didn't he sign somewhere else, and like then it got they like, like rescinded the offer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like he was nearly going to go elsewhere, and it was a very interesting situation. But yeah, uh, nonetheless, about, good player. We're talking about Bogdan Bogdanovich, thirty-one years old, a little bit older, but. Great contract, four for $68 million. This year, making 18.7. By the time he's 32, 17.2. When he's 33, $16 million. And that final year, Fachi, it is a team option for $16 million. This is a player that leads, I believe, the last time I checked, the league in bench scoring and points per game. He's averaging 17 points a game this year, the most of any that he's had in his career. And we know that Atlanta is looking to maybe kind of blow things up here a little bit with yeah, the Jean Murray. They maybe want to build, rebuild around Trey Young, figure things out. Maybe Jalen Johnson and, and Trey Young are the two guys they want to keep long term. But there's been a lot of talks about Clint Capella could be on the move, other guys could be on the move. So if 31 year old Bogdanovich is on the move, I think this is a slam dunk for the Pacers. If they can trade Buddy Hill straight up for Bogdanovich and maybe include some type of draft capital to, to move off of. Uh, you know, buddy, but you're helping out Atlanta a lot by giving them an expiring. I think it just makes too much sense to me to not go out there and try to make a play for Bogdan, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I think he would be a perfect fit off the bench because he also can play some point guard too. And with how much we've had injuries with Tyrese and, and, and Nimhard, and you just need somebody else that can kind of help play that position. So I think he makes a lot of sense. No, he does. And and I've, I've started to now kind of scour the, the, the trade machines of just like, who is a player that you know could provide good shooting, a good player that's under contract for multiple years? And he's one of the top names that comes up. So I, I do think that there is a lot to like. And Atlanta, it would be such a mistake to not be sellers at the deadline. I think that right now you got Clint Capella, who after this year has one more year left on his deal. You know, you, you got DeJounte Murray that you signed to a brand new deal, but obviously they want to move on and, and just there's a there's a ton of players. I mean, we're here. Sadiq Bay. I mean, they they traded like five second rounders for him, and I I heard that he could be on the move. Whatever. AJ Griffin's completely falling out of the rotation uh, at times. It's just interesting what's going on there. So I do expect that they will be sellers, and I think that Bogdanovich is a name that you really gotta you really gotta think about because, like we mentioned earlier, if Buddy leaves this team, there is a big hole in terms of what you're looking for of who could fill those type of shoes, and I think that. You know, Bogdanovich is one of those players that could, and the salary, I just, I love how it gets lower and lower each year. That is so appealing for teams. Absolutely. I mean, I think Bogey, 31 years old, you know, right in that same range as a Buddy Hill is right now. Yep. Pascal Siakam's 29, will be 30. TJ McConnell's around this age. So, you know, it's nice to have another veteran on your team that has had experience in the playoffs. You know, I just feel like Bogdanovich is a, a good player. And I think he would really help this team. No, he is. And uh, I'm actually going to stick with the Atlanta Hawks because for my next guy, it's a guy I brought up before. I've had a man crush on him. I'm not afraid to admit it. It is DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter, while he is hurt at the moment, 
Uh, it's not expected to be a long-term injury. I do expect him to be back within, you know, hopefully about a, you know, maybe a week or two, but at the same point, Hey, I'm no doctor, but this is a guy that is a two-way player. <laughs> you in are, this you're league. Dr. Fauci. No, I am not. But look, <laughs> he, he is no OG, but he does a lot. Well, a lot similar stuff. I mean, I've mentioned in the past 15 points per game. He's given you four rebounds, but he's, he's efficient. He's averaging 46% for the field, 40% from three. He's under contract for the next few years. It's just, you got three more years after this. I just feel that if the Pacers are really trying to make another move and Atlanta's trying to be sellers, similar for the reason that you mentioned about Bogdanovich of trying to get some salary off, I feel like this is an opportunity to be able to do that. And I think if the Pacers can acquire DeAndre Hunter and you're able to re-sign Pascal Siakam, you got a really good thing going with Tyrese Halliburton, you know, Pascal Siaka, Miles Turner, DeAndre Hunter, and then you got guys like, you know, Aaron E. Smith and Ben Matherin and, and you know, Jairus Walker and Andrew Nimhart and other players that might have left out. There's a lot of good stuff to like, but I think that DeAndre Hunter would be a really good addition that we've heard the Pacers linked to Hunter in the past. That mm-hmm. was also when the Pacers were after OG and Siakam, so maybe things have changed a little bit, but at six foot eight, he's giving you really good size when you don't have that much of it. What are your thoughts been on uh, DeAndre Hunter? I know I've always been a little bit warmer on him than you have. Yeah, I think that the idea of DeAndre Hunter is better than the actuality of DeAndre Hunter, which we know that's the case. I mean, but Atlanta, they're really a hard team to figure out exactly who they are. And could DeAndre Hunter benefit from being in a different environment like an Indiana team? That seems to just bring the best out of everybody. Even when teams are kind of struggling or guys are kind of struggling with their team and their role, they come here and they kind of blossom a little bit. You know, Aaron Eastman is a great example. Jalen Smith. Even Obi Toppin to a certain degree. I think Obi Toppin's mm-hmm. been more relevant for the Pacers than he was with the with the New York Knicks. And so I just think the Pacers do a really good job of, of trying to bring out the best in guys. And so I think DeAndre Hunter could definitely fit that mold and just be kind of another stereotypical type of Pacer that comes here a little bit under the radar. But there might be more expectations for him just because higher draft pick, good, good solid contract, you know, plays a position that they really need, and that's a three position. So I just don't know if I'm the Pacers, would I rather have him starting or Aaron Neesmith? And I think at this point, I would rather have Neesmith starting and bring Hunter off the bench because he would have to prove to me that he can do that. Now, they could even play him at the three. They could play him at the four. I think that's one thing that is nice about him is he is versatile and can yep. play up a little bit bigger. And that's where Neesmith does struggle playing for us. He can do it, but he is only about six foot five. So exactly. That's why you need Hunter's the size. Got three more inches on. Yeah. And Carlisle talked about how he liked the size and when I think it was against. I want to say it was against the Suns last Sunday. He mentioned that he liked playing with size because I think Jairus Walker played in that game after not playing in the Blazers game. So, yeah, I just think that, you know, interesting, interesting player. I think he makes sense for what type of player they would like to target. I just wonder if he is – I don't think you have to give up too much to get him based on where they're at now so. Atlanta. So that's definitely one maybe kind of recoup his value and then maybe flip him a little bit later. I don't know. I just – I just, I'm kind of curious about him. I, I don't think I've got enough of a feel on him yet to make a strong opinion yet, but I'd be intrigued just because six foot eight wing, hard to find yep. those. Hard to find. Look, the fourth overall pick, will he ever live up to that? No, probably not. I mean, t- top four pick, it's, hey, high expectations, but he's been a good player in this league. Not an all-star, but at the same point, I feel like the Pacers, they're they're missing like, pieces you know and i think he could be a, a real good piece without having to be you know the, the the third 
second, third option, anything like that. I think he can be that, you know, three to four option. And I think that that would be interesting for them. But at the same point, um, you know, I, I think John Hunter is probably going to be moved eventually. I don't think it's going to be this year, but the way that Atlanta, the way things are going and the way that they want to sell, I mean, if you, if you ain't selling Trey young and it's not going to be, um, you know, Jalen Johnson, it looks like DeJounte Murray's probably out of there. DeAndre Hunter is definitely going to be a name that people will be calling about. But who do you got next on your list? Yes, I've got a name that I brought up a couple of different times before, and this is someone that Rick Carlisle also coached. We're talking about a name that's very popular amongst trade talks recently. That's Dorian Finney-Smith of the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are a team that is kind of stuck in no in no man's land. Their coach could be fired. They're really like, looking at Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges is kind of like the pieces they want to build around. There's talks about maybe Nick Claxton has moved. They don't want to resign him potentially. Uh, Cam Thomas is another name that could be on the move. And I'm kind of intrigued by Cam Thomas just because I love the way that he scores a basketball. I just don't think that he fits what the Pacers want to do exactly. So I just think that if he's moved, it could be interesting to see where he goes. But I think the asking price for Dorian Finney-Smith is always going to seem higher than what it actually is. I know that the the Nets are saying they want – at least a good first, maybe two. I can't remember exactly what the reporting was. I heard but... two, and that was yeah. that was like, whoa, come on. They're not going to get that. That's just they the asking price. Get that. Yeah. Because remember, it was going to take Jairus Walker or Ben Mathern to get Pascal Siakam. So mm-hmm. whatever's leaked out there, you have to realize you got to take that with a grain of salt. But I like his yeah. contract. He signed a contract, four years, $55 million. Uh, he's currently in the second year of that at 13.3. The next year he makes 14.3. And then the year after that, 15.3 is a player option. Now he is 30 years old, so he'll be 32, 33. He could opt out of that. I think he probably will uh, just to get a bigger payday, but he could opt into it too if he does happen to have a setback or have some type of injury that just doesn't really magnify him. But I think that Rick Carlisle knows him enough to know exactly what he can do. I think that it would be a nice fit to have someone with that length coming off the bench, potentially potentially starting if they need him to, but I think coming off the bench and then maybe playing some minutes there with Pascal and Aaron together, you could really go a little bit bigger, play Aaron at the two at times if you want to get kind of fun and, and weird with it. And uh, if Ty's in foul trouble, then you go Nimard and you got like a really good five defensive lineup out there. So I just like the, I really like the idea of him. Not a great shooter. I mean, not, I shouldn't say that. Not a great score, only nine points a game. Shooting wise though, 38% from three this year, which is pretty good. Could be better from two, only 47.3%. So you would like to see that be a little bit better. But I just think that he's in a weird spot in Brooklyn, and this could be a buy low the Pacers could maybe go out and get. Hey, you've liked Dorian Finney-Smith for quite some time. We, 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 His name has come up, I would say, I don't know, maybe the last two-plus years or so on the yeah. show. And I think that there's a lot of teams that like you know Finney-Smith. And I think that he should be traded because Brooklyn's got they're, – they're not where they want to be. And, and – they know what they want to do. There's a couple of players like, you know, Mikel Bridges, uh, Cam Johnson. You know, they're not moving those guys. Ben Simmons, I don't think anybody would touch Ben Simmons right now. So you look at the, the guys that could be moved, Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal. So I think that uh, Brooklyn would love to be able to get, you know, a first-round pick and mm-hmm. a, a young player back. And that's where it really gets just troublesome for the Pacers because we just traded three first-round picks. Yeah. So – when I debated Dorian Finney-Smith, I was like, okay, if they're asking for two, it ain't going to be coming from us. Yeah. If it's one, you know, maybe you can offer like a pick swap at one point. You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you've helped facilitate a three-team deal. But no doubt about it, Dorian Finney-Smith makes this Pacers team better. And yeah. I think that he brings the qualities that, unfortunately, some nights we lack. For sure. That's why I like him. You know, it is. you just never know what the asking price is going to be. 
if it's like they want Isaiah Jackson because they know Nick Claxton's going to leave, would you be willing to part with Isaiah Jackson and Anobi Top and four Dorian Finney Smith? You can maybe make the case that it does make some sense and then go find a third string center on the buyout market. Does that help you better, you know, for the future and for now? Maybe. I, I mean, I'm not saying that's like the perfect trade, but at least is some kind of idea that could make some sense. Maybe you do give that pick swap too. I just, I don't really know exactly what his value is. And I don't know what pe- people are going to be asking for, but there's been a lot of talks about maybe the Mavericks having interest in reacquiring him and Grant Williams salary fits that pretty well. Him. So that could be a three-team deal too, or maybe the Pacers get Grant Williams back in the deal instead of um, instead of Dorian Finney-Smith, which is why I brought him up earlier. But just throwing out some ideas there. Interesting stuff, interesting stuff. But yeah, you know, when I was going through the trade machine, you start to look at this Pacers team, you start to just kind of fall in love with some of these players. You're like, <laughs> oh, because they're all like so like young and developing in their careers that like I started being like, do we part with Ajax? And I was like, I don't know. He's shown a lot. And I just would not have said that coming into this year so it just shows like how great of a spot indiana is in where now you look at this and you start to say almost like well this bunch of players they're kind of off limits and then here's our top guys they're kind of off limits and then you're really working with you know that section of a buddy healed and ob top and maybe a jalen smith you know a tj mcconnell that's like mm, okay you could be talked into to parting with maybe one of those guys if the situation's right but that's what complicates things a lot because my the last guy on my list feels like more of a, a dream scenario. You know, I'd, I'd pinch myself just to make sure I'm not sleeping, but I don't like being pinched. <laughs> and this guy right over here is Herb Jones. I would have never brought him up if I hadn't heard that he's available. They're yeah. saying it. I don't know. I mean, the Pelicans are in a weird spot, and they're saying that Herb Jones could be had. He feels like one of the, he feels like a perfect addition. For Indiana, and I just feel like he's he's on a fresh four-year, fifty-three million dollar contract. That's about twelve to fifteen million dollars per year, which is incredible value. I was stunned to hear that he's available. I don't know if the Pacers have the firepower to pull this off, given that you know draft picks are now hard to come by. So, but for Herb Jones, this is someone who has stepped his game up. He's now shooting about 39% from three. He's yeah. you know just over 49% from the field. You're, you're getting a block per game. You're getting over a steal per game. I mean, he's just he's he's been a, a highly touted defender for the last few years. Young, 25 years old, just feels like the best basketball for him is ahead. And uh, you know, I don't know if Indiana has what it takes to get him, but if they could, I'd be very interested. I know a lot of other fans would be as well. Yeah, I think like after that initial report came out that said he was available, like there was one like two or three days later that said he's not available. So that's the only reason I'm like, is he really available or not? Because are they like trying to backtrack the stuff that got leaked to make his value still really, really high? Because I think Herb Jones would be like a slam dunk fit, six foot eight, really good defender, shooting the three well, like a legitimate three and D that's right into this age of this like young core. So no doubt about it, like Herb Jones, if he is truly available, Pacers should be seeing what it would take to get him. Now, I don't know what they'd be willing to part with. That's another question for another day, but I'm assuming it have to be some decent asset to get him. So if you don't have the draft picks, what player would you be willing to give up? And does that still kind of muddy the waters for what they're doing financially in New Orleans? Because I don't even know what they're looking at. I, uh, so, they're, they're good right now. They're, they're 26 and 20. It's like, what are they trying to do, though? It's like Zion's not happy there. And you look at Brandon Ingram, it looks like one day they're going to have to move him. And then 
Yeah, you drafted Dyson Daniels. I feel like he's not getting the, enough playing time. It's just like they're such a hard team to put your finger on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do, but if Herb Jones is available, someone's going to snatch him up. No, for sure. I mean, I just I wonder if the Pacers would have enough after they just. I don't know if they do. I, I just don't think they do. Yeah, and if they did have to give up like two unprotected first again. I, I know. I I thought to myself, I didn't want to go down the road of crafting out a trade, but it was like. Would you really have to give up like a 2028 unprotected or like 2028, like I don't know, like top four, top eight, protect- yeah, yeah, like something of the sort? Like, because when you're talking about Herb Jones, as much as you want him, you're like, you're still like, okay, okay well, I don't want to give up like a Matherin or like, you know, we haven't given Jarris Walker enough time to be able to include him in a deal. If you weren't going to include him for Pascal, are you going to do it for Herb Jones? I don't think so. So yeah. it's a tough spot to be in. I just think that Indiana is just, um, they're, they're just a, a little bit of a skinny on the picks. They don't really have any draft picks right now to offer that, that aren't too risky. And I think for that, it's probably why they wouldn't be able to make this deal work. But I had to yeah. put them number one on my list. No, I mean, I think it's a good target to put out there. Um, I was making my list of top 10 before you sent me yours, and he was number two on my list. Oh, okay. So that's how okay. high I was on him. So I'll take it. The number one guy on my list you didn't have on your list. So, mm, and it's someone I brought up to you off air the last time we recorded a podcast on Thursday night. However, I was talking to our good friend Derek Kramer from iPacers blog. I know who you're going with about this player. And he said, and I agree with him, this might be the only player that would be worth trading a future pick for to what this Pacers team could need. This player, Fachi, currently shoots 41.5% from three on four and a half attempts per game. He's also shooting 60.7% from two. He's 29 years old, and he's got a contract for two more years under $10 million a year. 9.46 this year and 9.89 the next year. And he is one of our division rivals, Mm -hmm. Chicago Bulls shooting guard Alex Caruso. Now, hear me out. 10.1 points per game. Listen, that's the most he's ever scored in his career. He is not he is not going to like be like the star like Pascal Siakam. Like that you're not getting that type of player. But what you're getting now, this is just me talking, so let's let's I'm pumping the brakes a little bit, but if you look at what Buddy Hill does in theory very well, it's shoot the basketball. If you look at what Andrew Nimhard does very well in theory, it's be a great defender, right? If you could put yep. those two together almost and match what they do both well and put it into one player that can be Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso is one of the only guys that I've seen this year be able to handle Tyrese Halliburton by himself one-on-one. Like what he did to Halliburton was tough. So he is going to be on a lot of teams radars. The fact that Chicago got him for so cheap is just a, it's crazy to think about, but they're in such a weird spot. I think that you could entice them to maybe move off of him, but it's going to take some, some type of asset. Now we'll see exactly what they end up doing if they try to continue to build around DeRozan and Vooch and, and Pat Williams. You know, it doesn't make sense. But like, <laughs> it's this like funny team, at this point. It's yeah. like they can't do that. It's over. But I mean, they you know, they, they, they can. I, I don't cut you off. They can, but they can't. Right? I mean, yes. That's the only thing. And let's think about this too. His birthday is February twenty eighth. The birthday right before Tyrese Halliburton. Wow, yeah, yeah, exactly. The 29th, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I think 29 turning 30, same age as Pascal Siakam. I think that it makes a lot of sense to go out and get a guy like this because if you can throw him into the starting lineup, think about that lineup. Caruso, 
Neesmith, Siakam, and Turner with Halliburton as the fifth guy out there, that's pretty tough. I'm not saying that's going to win a championship. I'm not saying that, but that's a move that gets you maybe from around one to around two or around two to around three. Just having another player like that, then you still have Nimhard, hopefully, if you don't give him up in this trade, but you still would have options there too at the at the two guard. And I think while you're still waiting for Matherin to kind of figure out who he is, or I mean, you can even bring Caruso off the bench at, the, at some point if you have to, or Neesmith off the bench. You don't have to start both of them, but if you want to get really good defensively and get some good shooting out there, I just think he makes a lot of sense. Now, he makes a lot of sense. And yeah, when you mentioned you and I were talking offline, first, uh, you know, I was you know, a little bit just like, ah, I don't know if we could offer like, you know, a future draft pick or anything. And then slowly I thought you were talking, talking me into it because he does provide a lot of what Indiana needs a lot. And anyone yeah. that's going to try and discredit Alex Caruso, this man was just all defensive first team. Like it's just, you know, like you mentioned the 10 points per game, like his job is not to put up 15 to 20. He's not out there to try and be an all-star. He's out there to be like, just to translate to wins. Hard-nosed basketball, you know, defending. This guy was a great piece on, on the Lakers a few years ago, uh, you know, when they were, I believe he was on that championship team and then went to Chicago. Uh, I mean, he's just a, a real good player. That's what scares me, though, is for a real good player, they don't come cheap. And we've heard, hey, it could be two first-round picks. So then it gets to the point where it's like, you and I were talking, would that cost a 2028 first? You know, does it cost Andrew Nembhard? That you got to give something up to get something like Alex Caruso. And yeah. that's where it gets a little bit scary because are the Pacers ready to win it all in the next couple of years? Now, are they able to go, maybe to go to like a conference championship run? Like even that gets a little bit tough, but you could always re-sign them if things work out. And I think that there's a lot of people in this fan base that would love to have Alex Caruso. It's just a matter of like, you almost wish we had, at least one first-round pick to be able to offer, like one that wasn't so far in the future. And that's where it gets a little bit complicated. Yeah, I mean, I think by the time you get to 2028, 20, it is four years out, it does seem like, I mean, that could be really like a stupid decision to trade a, a pick that it's scary. It's scary. Yeah, but at the same point, if you're trying to win, like... Oh, oh I get it. I get and, it. I and, mean, you, and you know Tyrese is going to be under contract at that point, too. Yeah. So it's like you still feel pretty good about where this team is heading. Matherin's probably under contract, and... Uh, if you extend Pascal Siakam, like, you know, like you're feeling like your window is still open at that point. Another thing that we, it's kind of like deja vu from last year. And I know you were like totally against Lonzo Ball and that yeah, awful yeah. $20 million contract. I think that where you're at now, knowing that you're going to be in the tax, right? You're not going to have cap space with Pascal Siakam coming back here. If it costs you Buddy and Obi Toppin. For if they were like, we got to get rid of Lonzo Ball's money. We want to get some quality players or whatever, more like movable assets. Maybe you just take on that asset of Alonzo Ball with Alex Caruso and then throw that pick in there, something like that. Two guys you probably wouldn't bring back. You still have Lonzo Ball's $20 million contract. That would be an expiring, I think. Yeah, next after year. After this year. Mm -hmm. So yep. that would still be somewhat interesting that you could move and flip later down the road um, as he's rehabbing, getting healthy, and then you still get Caruso. I just think. There's different avenues I think you could approach with a team like Chicago, depending on what they want to do without getting yourself too capped down anything. Like there's talks that DeRozan could be moved. Philadelphia is a team that's been kind of like a potential suitor for him. I've I've heard that rumbling out there. So we'll see what happens. But I just feel like you could you could get crafty with it and potentially get him. And I think that if you could get him, it would be really worth considering, even at this point where the pace is at already. Yeah, hey, look, I know the easy way is so we smash emergency glass and say, 
three team trade. You know, like what, what can we do? Like, and that would make things a lot easier. But yeah, I think there are ways that you could get crafty about it. I think Chicago has every right to say they want two first round picks. Will they get two first round picks? I just don't think so. I mean, look, the, the, when you trade two first round picks for a player, you really want that player to kind of be like an all-star level type of player. And I just feel like, I don't know if Caruso is going to be demanding that, but I, I definitely do think that it would take a first round pick, if not a, a talented young player. But yeah, if you are to maybe get crafty enough to be able to take on like Alonzo Ball's contract, that's when things get a little bit more interesting mm -hmm. uh, because I think that that's kind of derailed where Chicago is, you know, that, that the $20 million or so, on the books, not giving you even a second of playing time. That's been tough for the Bulls to swallow. But mm -hmm. I think that, uh, hey, Caruso has got me intrigued. I know our friend of the show, Rooster. Yes, I'm about to say I mean, that. I mean, he's just been obsessed. I mean, <laughs> he throws Alex Caruso in just about every trade opportunity you could possibly imagine. So I'm sure he was very excited when he heard him at number one on your list. I hope it, I hope it didn't wreck his vehicle out there working. I hope not either. Hearing this, just. You know, getting excited a little bit too much out there. I mean, I know he he craves Pacers content. He listens to everything, and we appreciate Rooster checking us out and always being a faithful listener. But, yeah, I, I know he's been banging the table for Alex Caruso. There's no doubt about it. And I uh, I definitely understand why. I just feel like we were so focused on, like, getting a bigger name like Pascal oh, or yeah, G at the Caruso name just kind of felt like, yeah. But now it feels really big. Just said it, considering that you do have a guy like Pascal Siakam now. Oh, now all of a sudden, I mean, yeah, we, we'd be lining up outside of his door, be like, hey, could we, please, what will what, it take? But yeah, we wanted to dream a, a little bit bigger. And the guys that were traded, you know, OG and Pascal Siakam, they're making pretty big impacts right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, OG, all of a sudden, now they're throwing him the defensive player of the year voting, and he's getting starting to get some some real buzz. The Knicks are playing great basketball. Obviously, right now, the Pacers are hot. I know they lost the first few games with Siakam, but you can't, you can't judge this Pacers team when, you know, he's coming over there, no Tyrese Halliburton. So I think that uh, a guy like Alex Crusoe, whichever team he's going to, he is definitely making that team better. And uh, I, I think it's only a matter of time before we see him on more of a contending team because someone's going to come calling. Absolutely, Bachi. So let's go ahead and run through our list here. So your top five, Royce O'Neal, Alec Burks, Kyle Anderson, DeAndre Hunter, and Herb Jones. And my top five, Grant Williams, Luke Kennard, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Dorian Finney-Smith, Alex Caruso. If there's any names that we left out, please let us know by hitting us up on social media and Fachi, tell the people where they can find us at. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at PacersPodSTP. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersPodSTP. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace of Pacers Podcast where you can find our video content there. Post-game podcasts are mostly there. Sometimes they will not be able to make it just because of the schedule and how we end up doing things releasing-wise. But if you like to watch us, we will be on the YouTube channel sporadically. But if you're always wanting to get the content, you want to get it here on the audio platform, wherever you get your podcast. And please, leave us a five-star rating and review. We want to continue to add to those. Would love to see us reach around 400 by the end of the year. We're at 327 now, so make it a challenge. We've got some new merch potentially on the way as we're yeah. 
working on some things so make sure you guys just keep out uh, keep a lookout for that february is going to be an exciting month but we need to see those five star rating interviews up close to 400 that's just going to be huge for the pod so if you're a new listener of the show haven't listened or haven't given us a five star rating interview please do that but Fachi, it's tuesday the pacers play the celtics tonight if you're open tyrus halliburton returns for this game and the pacers pull off a big upset win on tnt once again against the boston celtics then please hit me with those three words Let's go Pacers!